0: We're continuing this Easter, short Easter sermon series of resurrection encounters. And Helen kicked us off right at the beginning, uh, looking at 1 Corinthians 15, all about the reality of resurrection, why it really matters. But in fact, not in some book, distant, um, uh, ethereal um, um, thing to read, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have died. In fact, that is absolutely proven fact that God has raised Jesus from death to life. What does that mean for us? And then Gabby continued last week looking at the encounter of the disciples with the resurrected Jesus on the road to Emmaus. Um, And again, it's easy sometimes to think of these conversations with the resurrected Jesus in the later part of the Bible as being, well, that's Jesus again. But it was the resurrected Jesus, Jesus who had died and risen again. Um, So let's not forget that when we come to these conversations. This is extraordinary. Every single conversation is amazing because they are conversations with the risen Jesus Christ. And here we have again uh, another conversation of uh, Jesus with the disciples, but not just Jesus, the risen Jesus. Jesus who has died and gone through the cross and risen again. And here he is having real life conversations with the disciples. So that is the context. Um, and uh, John 21, which we're looking at today, just a reminder for you, verses 15 to 19. So today we're looking at the risen Jesus' reinstatement of Peter. Uh, let's just remind ourselves of why Peter needed to be reinstated. Firstly, at the Last Supper, uh, which we remember during Haley Week at our Maundy Thursday, um, um, Passover supper and communion at the last supper Peter had confidently said to Jesus that he would lay down his life for him and Jesus then predicted that Peter would betray him remember those words in John 18 before the cock crows you will betray me three times then of course came the actual betrayal itself So that's in John 18, sorry. And the third betrayal, we read that one of the high priest's servants said, Didn't I see you with him in the olive groves? Again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, a cock began to crow. This is the Peter to whom Jesus said, And I tell you, you are Peter And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And yet so easily, he had betrayed Jesus three times. I don't know about you, but after such rapid and quick denials, it seems to me that that rock was rather shaky and a little bit unreliable. So clearly there had to be some remedial work. And this is what we come to today in this encounter, this exchange between Jesus and Peter. But before we focus too much on Jesus and Peter, let's bring it back to ourselves, to our own lives, to the reality of who we are, our struggles and uh, our wobbliness, and sometimes The days when we have felt like rock are followed by days which have turned to ash. Have you ever been in that sort of situation? Where you have perhaps deeply hurt someone and things have not been yet put right. Perhaps there are some of us here today who are in that situation where you have deeply hurt people and it's not been put right. Sometimes I think we just try, you know this from my own experience in life, we try to pretend with a little bit of distance that it'll all go away. But even if distance does come between those occasions where things have gone wrong and life, it doesn't fully go away, does it? Whether it's in our thoughts and our reflections or our encounters with other people or our memories... The unhealed things pop back again into our hearts, don't they? It's unpleasant and it's un- unsettling and it's, it's a pretty difficult place to be in when we don't have resolution. Let's not forget, if we think about these verses, that this was another extraordinary encounter with the risen Christ. Not just any other human encounter, as I said at the beginning but an encounter with the risen Christ. And these disciples were eating with and speaking with their Lord, who has so recently been murdered in the most ghastly way, and whose resurrection to new life was so new, so wonderful, so miraculous, so utterly huge. And yet, within the wonder of that encounter, Jesus focuses down for Peter On the reality of something so important but also so day to day in the humanity of our lives that he knew needed sorting out. You may have heard me say it's all about relationship. And you'll hear me say that and I'm sure Gabby and Richard and others again. It is all about relationship. The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ is all about relationship with God. And one of the most helpful and friendly ways of building relationship is by spending time with people over food, eating together. And here we have the risen Lord Jesus Christ eating breakfast with seven of his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. If you go back and read again this passage, but read the bit that came before it, remember that they had tried to fish and they had no luck at all. And then Jesus appears on the beach. And he encourages them to cast their net on the right side of the boat, the different side of the boat from which they've been fishing. With the result that their catch was then so great that they could hardly lift it out of the boat. And it was at that moment of that miraculous catch that they suddenly realised that it was the risen Lord on the beach. He appears to them again and he blesses them with another miracle of abundant provision. He blesses them with another miracle of mighty power. And then the God of abundant provision and mighty power welcomes them to a warm fire, ready to cook fish, ready to give them breakfast. And he invites them in. He welcomes them in to share breakfast with him. So they all eat together on the beach. Hopefully now you can begin to picture the scene And they're all probably having a lovely time with their risen Lord, the horror of what had happened, replaced by the joy of seeing him. Just talking and and exchanging and sitting there in wonder, having this wonderful time with him over breakfast. But perhaps for Peter, there is still that sense, even in company, that things are not right. The niggling conscience. Perhaps a mix of some fear also maybe with some hopelessness and shame all mixed in together. Should I say something? Maybe one of the disciples had been laughing and maybe another disciple said something else to Jesus and Peter was sitting there saying, yes, and, yes, yes, yeah, you know, and joining in, sort of, but probably feeling, hmm. Maybe he was thinking like we do sometimes. Perhaps Jesus has moved on. I know there hasn't been this thing that's been awful and, Was wrong, but but everything seems all right. Maybe he's moved on. Do we think that sometimes in those relationships, when things have gone wrong, we rather hope that everything's moved on? They won't mention it, little or go away. The reality is that our hearts and Peter's heart cry out for reconciliation, for forgiveness, and for redemption. Not just reconciliation, forgiveness, but redemption, restoration. And that is one of the sadnesses of modern society today. In that people are so quickly and rapidly and and in such a ghastly way judged on social media. Where everyone has got this opinion about everyone's lives. And then it seems that there's no possibility for redemption. Even when people say sorry. But the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ means that there is redemption. There is redemption for everybody when we come to him. And have that fresh start. Peter had lost something when he denied his discipleship. He'd lost something big inside himself. And he needed some rebuilding. Perhaps we are in that situation today. Whether it's a small thing or a big thing. I'm sure all of us need some rebuilding in some way. In our lives and with God. And I tell you, Jesus said, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. He had said that to Peter, be remember, before this had happened. And if this is to truly happen, then there is definitely some restoration work that needs to be done. Something to be cleared up. And God, in his love and his grace and his mercy, he does so in the gentlest of ways, but also the clearest of ways. So again go back to the scene eating breakfast around the fire all together and when they finish eating Jesus tells uh, takes Peter aside perhaps uh, sort of just I was trying to imagine this in my mind they're all gathered around the fire together and you know maybe sometimes we do this maybe we're at a gathering together with lots of people and then someone might just sort of gently without drawing attention to the other sort of say to us you know, Richard come with me or whatever just, just, let's, just, just have a word together But there are still others around. Jesus takes Peter aside. And we can assume from the exchanges, if we read later on into verse 20, that this is what happened. Maybe that Jesus took Peter aside and and they walked together, but that the others followed. Because if you look at verse 20 later on, you will see Peter turned around and said, well, what about these others? So I guess the others probably wanted to know what Jesus and Peter were talking about and followed on. But they were probably in hearing distance but sort of close to, but there was a conversation that needed to take place between Jesus and Peter. And then Jesus asked Peter the same question three times that we heard in our reading Do you love me? But with three different answers Feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. With the final sentence of the passage also then pointing towards the cost, the price that Jesus would pay in doing this, in following Jesus Christ. There's so much we can learn here, but I'm going to focus just on three key points from the conversation. And for those of you who've maybe studied this passage before, hopefully these will be reminders of the key points from this passage. The first one is the block, the barrier in the relationship between Jesus and Peter is removed. Nicky Gumbel does this wonderful, simple illustration uh, in the Alpha Talks about the block that we have created between us and God by our simpleness, the things that we go wrong, the choices we make that are not good and holy and blocks a relationship. And we have this block, he says, between us and God, and God's love. And Jesus comes, and Jesus goes across for us and he takes all of that block onto him So that the way between us and God, the relationship between us and God is cleared and is restored. So the first thing that happens here is that that fresh block, that fresh barrier in the relationship between Jesus and Peter is moved. The thing that is at the heart of the gospel of Jesus Christ is death and resurrection. And Jesus asking Peter the question about his love for him three times reminds him, reminds Peter the last time that he was at a charcoal fire at the denial of Jesus when he denied Jesus three times. But in spite of this, the grace of God means that for Peter and for all of us, failure and shame is never the end. However great the failures in our lives, God cannot only forgive us and does forgive us, but he can restore us as well. So although this conversation is between Jesus and Peter, it is necessarily a public one with those other disciples following on and probably ear-wigging in to the conversation that was happening between them. Because to have a full and clear reinstatement and restoration following that betrayal, it needed to be publicly heard. The grace of God in Jesus here means that Jesus was going to to make this restoration and forgiveness abundantly clear. Not just to Peter, but also to the other witnesses, to the other disciples. Peter would be reinstated and restored and Peter would have his complete confidence. And that is so important in our daily lives too, because Do you know, for us to truly be forgiven and to truly forgive, we need to shed the lingering resentments. And again, I don't stand here as any paragon of virtue. We need to shed the lingering resentments and say, "I do forgive you," but, and then all the gossip and complaint goes on behind the scenes. Do you know? I just want to ask the Lord now for forgiveness for myself on that, and for all of us, and maybe at the end we can have a prayer where we can all just embrace this. Because as I say it, I realise just how fallen I am and how fallen all of us are in this. Are there any barriers in some of your relationships where you simply need to face them, where you and I simply need to face them and just say sorry? No justification, no dramas, no wriggling, no dissembling. Remember, with God, failure is never final. And because of the cross, we can know new beginnings over and over again. Peter is not only forgiven, he is restored and he is trusted again. Leading on to the second point. And just before we, we um, come to that second point, I'll introduce it by saying a phrase that I read from the well-known evangelist J. John, who said, Jesus came to rub it out, not to rub it in. He gets rid of it completely. So, point number two, you and I are then more ready to serve. Forgiveness is not and should never be just a passive thing. Peter's restoration here meant also Peter's recommissioning for the work of God. To be that rock on which Jesus would build his church, he needed recommissioning to that. Hence those statements lead to transformation Again, and commissioning into the service of God. Feed my lambs. It wasn't just, Peter, I forgive you. It was, yes, I hear that. You love me. We're okay. Go and feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. Jesus isn't just concerned for Peter here in this forgiveness and restoration. It is not just about Peter, he's also concerned for the whole body of Christian people on earth. He's concerned for his church, the church of Christ. We here in St. Matthew's are the church of Christ on earth together. And following Jesus also means loving Jesus' people. Remember what the Apostle James says? What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of them says, if you say to one, sorry, if one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Love is not a static thing. The forgiveness of God, being a follower of Jesus Christ, is not a static thing. Love is not selfish or self sufficient all the time. It is to be given and shared and spread. And so to Peter then, when he is restored and recommissioned, as as this happens to him, and as it happens to us, Jesus says, feed my sheep. The President of the United States many, many years ago, a devout Christian man called Woodrow Wilson, says the, the object of love is to serve. The object of love is to serve. How then are you and I, the Church of Jesus Christ, St Matthews, here, Kingsdown, in the places where we live, how are you, as the Church of Christ on earth, to feed the sheep now, today, and tomorrow? Teresa of Avila. Put it like this, that great saint of the church. Christ has no body, and you will know this, some of you. Christ has no body now but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes through which he looks compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands through which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands. Yours are the feet. Yours are the eyes. Yours are his body. Christ has no body now on earth but yours and mine. And finally, to our third point. Service of God means carrying our own cross. Because right at the end of this short section, having restored the relationship publicly, having recommissioned Jesus, Peter, to serve him, feed my sheep, Jesus reminds Peter, as he reminds us, that there is a cost to following him. We hope and pray the cost that you and I have to bear is not the cost that Peter faithfully bore, but a cost nevertheless. You and I, like Jesus, are sometimes called, because of the power of love, and like Peter, to go where the pain is in life. We are called to go where the pain is in life. We are called to walk along those who are struggling to have faith. We are called to help bring hope to the world, a world that seems only to proclaim despair. We are called to be present in those dark and lonely places with those in need, to walk hand in hand and to show the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness and self-control, to show those fruits of the Spirit of God wherever we can. The road of living for Jesus can and will be sometimes very difficult, taking us like Peter to where we do not want to go. But the promise is to go through that final door of glory, of the most perfect life that we can't even imagine now. With God forever. So, with Peter's restoration by the risen Lord Jesus Christ, the block, the barrier that had come up between him, the man who had been called the rock and would be the rock of the church, is moved. Peter is commissioned to serve, and we are commissioned to serve and to share love. But we do so in the knowledge. That we sometimes go into dark places with God by our side, but with the promise that the door of the hope of glory will be open for us for all eternity. Today, this morning now, I wonder if there are those of us here who need God's forgiveness and also need to then go and seek the forgiveness of others so that a barrier can be removed We can be restored and we can be ready to serve, redeemed. Please don't just carry this. If necessary, it would be a good thing to ask someone to pray for you today. We will be available to pray. You can even pray neutrally. You can say, I just need prayer. I don't feel I can say what it is about, but please pray for me. And we will pray for you. Ask each other to pray. God wants to have that conversation with us. Don't just carry it. Walk with the resurrected Jesus Christ and listen to his questions to you today and receive his grace, his restoration, his reinstatement, his redemption and his love. And go from here today, reborn to new life and restored to new hope. The weight of burden must have been lifted from Peter's shoulders when that happened enabled him to go on and be the amazing servant of the church that he was. Jesus says, do you love me? Feed my lambs. Tend my sheep. Feed my sheep.